Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 podcast. Joining us today from CBS Sports, Sirius XM, and here courtesy of Bet Online is Danny Cannell. We talk about one of Danny's favorite things, SEC bias, and we look at this weekend's spreads in the Big 12. That's all coming up. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Locked On Big 12 podcast, Josh Neighbors here, your host. Danny Cannell is joining us. Danny, uh, how are we doing? I know you're just like the busiest person in the world between traveling for CBS Sports. You've got the two radio shows, Double the Dusty, twice a day. Uh, you and I both worked Dusty a good bit, so I know that can be. Um, and Cover 3 going on. Like, How, how are we doing mid-season, October 26th? It's good. It's flying by. That's probably the thing I noticed the most is how fast it goes by. Like when you don't have a spare minute in the day, literally from 7 a.m. when I start to sometimes I do like on Monday night, I do Monday night football with CBS Sports HQ and I don't get off till half. Like so it's 10 o'clock at night and you just don't have a minute to breathe. But it's the best, man. I wouldn't ha- I got the greatest job in the world. I just get to talk about ball, you know, every day, all day. Uh, my daughters sometimes think it's a little annoying. I get tired of the sound of my own voice sometimes. But hey, I got I got three weddings to pay for eventually <laughs> down the road, so I got to do as much as I can while I can. Yeah, maybe more than three, right? Yeah, you know, I, I to think so. yeah exactly. Um, all right, so I have this. There's this clip that's been going around, and you, I'm sure you've seen it. Our colleague at SiriusXM, uh, Peter Burns, had some comments about the SEC. Not sure if our listeners have seen it, so I'm going to play it. This was on SEC this morning. Uh, either on Monday or Tuesday, but here's the clip for everybody out there. I, I'm so sick and tired of us like pretending that other conferences are as good as the, as the SEC, right? I'm, I'm so sick and tired of pretending that TCU could hold a candle right now to Alabama or to Georgia or to Tennessee, and yet I'm supposed to feel that way. I'm so well, you know, UCLA if they keep undefeated, the Pac-12 is supposed to be there. Why the hell should they be? The Pac-12 is a joke of a conference compared to the SEC. You look at recruiting rankings. You look at the at the amount of success in the past. You look at the the guys that are going to be coming off of, of rosters to play in the NFL. And I mean, I'm supposed to to think that a undefeated UCLA team could could go. Blow for blow with Georgia? No, but what about Oregon? Oregon's already been blown out by Georgia. Well, we see that once right now. So, full disclosure, you and I both work with with these people in different capacities. Chris Doring, uh, love Peter Burns. Like, I I worked that show a a decent amount as well. Love them. They're great people. But, Danny, this to me is – I hate to say this kind of stuff, but, like, this is the kind of talk that I think is really not constructive for the sport. Uh, Not to be, like, you know, soft Mr. Big 12, but, like – I'm not sure how helpful this kind of stuff is. Like we should just play in our own sandbox because they really aren't worthy to play in our sandbox kind of talk. No, it's ridiculous. It's really, and I like Peter Burns a lot and I would tell him to this face. He's the biggest sec shill there is out there (laughs) by the sec network. Like he is their PR guy. He's their hype man. I mean, that's truly what he is and he does a great job at it. And guess what? He's got a pretty good product to hype, right? Because there's a lot, Mm. you know, some of those arguments he makes are really good. Like, hey, we do churn out the most NFL players. We have had this run of national championships. So it is. And I, I, the thing that bothers me the most is the arrogance about it, acting like other conferences aren't even in the same stratosphere. Because if you said to me, who do you think is the best conference? I'd say, first of all, well, how would you define that? You know, is it the most national title contenders? And I'd probably say, yeah, it's probably the SEC. But if you said the deepest conference, and we might be talking about the Big 12, 
right. know, that has, you know, it from top to bottom, every game is entertaining, which actually hurts the conference because they might not have that elite team to get to the playoffs. The other thing when he's like, who is UCLA to be on the same field with Georgia? Who is in the SEC that's on the same playing field as Georgia? It sure isn't South Carolina. It still isn't Auburn. It's still not a lot of programs that they face within their conference. So if the conference is so great top to bottom, why are their own teams getting blown out by the Georgia Bulldogs and Alabama? Like it happens every single year. Yes, they have some programs that are super loaded and super stacked, but it doesn't mean that they're this untouchable, unbelievable, you know, force of college football that is just you can't compete with because the course of history will tell you it's not. And I mean, I could go off on this for a half an hour, Josh. Like, it's very yeah. annoying because, you know, and he came in pounding the table because they had seven teams ranked in the top 25. And, like, let's go look at some of those teams and dive in. They absolutely, and it's because they have a hype train that's not only uh, Peter Burns, it's also ESPN, it's also the SEC Network that hypes up the conference. So you come in with most teams ranked in the pre uh, preseason top 25, you continue that throughout the year so that when a team like South Carolina, you know, they lost, they got blown out by Arkansas earlier this year. They got blown out by Georgia, but they beat, you know, Kentucky with their backup quarterback, I'll remind you. And Kentucky, by the way, is still Kentucky. Like, let's not act like that's beating Alabama or Georgia. Right. And then they beat Texas A&M, who, by the way, is three and four. You know, and I talked to Shane Beamer this morning on the radio show, and he's like, we beat Kentucky and Texas A&M. And it's a great story. But those are not marquee wins that you should be touting as, oh, this should make us a top 25 team. The only reason they are ranked is because they are in the SEC. I could go on. I mean, every team is overranked. And then it's this like cycle that helps it just feeds itself, right? It yeah, just keeps feeding itself. Yeah. Every win is better and every loss isn't as bad as every other conferences. So it helps all of them. I, so it's, it's funny you mentioned this cause I was at, I'm Missouri graduate. I was at Missouri Auburn this year and I was talking to my friends. I was at the game with, I was like, this, this game's awful. But like, you think about the idea for Missouri to go to Jordan air and beat Auburn, despite how bad Auburn is, is still a big deal. And like, that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about here that kind of feeds itself, right? Like South Carolina beat Texas A&M. That's important for them. That's important right. for Shane Beamer when it comes to recruiting. Beating Kentucky is important for them when it comes to recruiting and stuff like that. But it's not impressive. Everybody's like this four game winning streak. The South Carolina's ranked in their five point favorites at home against Missouri. Right. So like how good, how good are we talking here? Like how good is that team? And same thing goes for Kentucky. And I think you mentioned like the big 12 top to bottom, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It is a more competitive league. And I think the problem is the sec is like, so it's so playoff focused, right? Mm -hmm. It is. It's so playoff focused. It's like, all right, we've gotten the two teams. Can we get to three? Can we go, can we go in that direction now? And like, it becomes this thing where it's like, well, to get to three, we have to demean other conferences, right? We have to make sure that they don't think those conferences are as important. And I think that's part of this process is being like, all right, well, we have to hype ourselves up. And I think it goes to the Big 12's point of like, look, I'm not sure we have a team in the playoff, but the good news about a 12-team playoff is, is that the most competitive league in the entire country is the Big 12, in my opinion. There's like, you know, you put West Virginia in the SEC or the, the Atlanta, the ACC Coastal, they probably win it, you know, or come close. That league should have a say in who is the eventual national champion. They should have a team represented, right? right. NFL, you know, it's it's kind of like this. Like the, the NFC East is the is the best league. 
uh, top to bottom, they should definitely have a team in the playoffs. Now, would I favor them over the Bills or the Chiefs right now? No, but do they deserve a spot there? Yes, because it's such a competitive, deep league. It's really, really good. The NFL rewards that. And I'm glad college is going to reward that. But I hate right now in the 14 playoff, we're at a point where we had to demean the other leagues to help prop up the SEC. And I, I think it's a problem. Also, I don't agree with the TCU not holding a candle to Alabama right. comment. Texas, right. Texas in the back of quarterback gave him a game. So. Exactly. And don't say it about Tennessee either, because I'd love to see TCU's offense versus Tennessee. That'd be, defense, be a lot of fun. Very good. Fun. And it probably yeah. might have played out just like Alabama and right. Tennessee. You know, you would have seen a lot of points. A shootout would have been a fun game. Why did you set me off this morning, Josh? Because now I'm getting my blood pressures like well, I, 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 I'm thinking DK, about I, this. I, this is why I did it. I knew you'd you know, love this. These are the you points will. that you're bringing up. Like, for example, Alabama versus Tennessee. What was the final score? 52 to 49? Yeah. What would we have heard just six or seven years ago if you saw a Texas-Oklahoma shootout or a Texas-Texas Tech or any Big 12 matchups? Oh, God, look at that. Awful. That's horrendous. Look at that. Seven no defense. Seven. Nobody plays defense out in that conference. And all the while... When I was at ESPN, I'm pointing this out saying, do you realize these offensive schemes are light years of face? Well, the SEC was still facing, you know, three yards and a pile of dust. Like, that's mm -hmm. what they were facing. The quarterback play in the SEC was atrocious. He had great uh, uh, quarterback play in the Big 12. And I'm like, that's a reason why these defenses are struggling. And even this year, I want you to notice something. Because there are some teams that are winning kind of ugly. Illinois is one of them. Syracuse is winning, uh, is winning ugly. And when you watch Illinois play, watch people make fun of them because they only kick field goals and they only punt. And it's a low scoring, ugly run based offense, play great defense. Did we not see that, which was, you know, hyped up as the game of the century when LSU and Bama played to a nine, six game, which was gross. It was so bad offensively. The quarterback play was horrendous. Do we ever hear that? Like people mocking those offenses? No. What do we hear about? Oh, these defenses. Look at all these NFL talent on this right. field. Like that same NFL talent is on the field for Alabama and Tennessee. Why aren't they playing this great defense we always hear about? Because you finally got good quarterback play and you got offensive schemes that are up to snuff with the rest of college football. And where did that offensive scheme come from, from Tennessee? From the Big 12. From the Big yes. 12, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's very interesting. I think also, too, like you're seeing this right now, and I'm, I'm not saying these guys are awesome, but like Skylar Thompson's playing the NFL, right? Yeah, uh, Bailey Zapp. I know he's not a Big Twelve quarterback, but guess where the offensive coordinator Team. Zach Pitley is? He's yep. Texas X offensive coordinator. Uh, Sam Ellinger is getting his chance to play now. He's a little bit different quarterback, but like yep. Patrick Mahomes is there. I, I think Kyler it's, Murray. Yeah, Kyler Murray. Yeah, big, I mean, Jalen Hurts is great, but like yeah. you're getting all these guys. Baker Mayfield, yeah. right? A lot of them came from this league, so it is. Yeah, they demeaned it. They said it was seven on seven. I mean, we saw Ole Miss and Auburn play to 42-35 or whatever it was. They, they right. were shooting it out the other week too. And how about Jalen Hurts, who was, you know, okay at Alabama. He goes to yeah. Oklahoma, showcases what he can do offensively. And then from that experience at Oklahoma playing in the Big 12, he gets discovered to go get an opportunity to play with the Eagles and have an incredible season with them. Stop talking shit about the Big 12 people. I, <laughs> I just, I hate, I, the hit where he was like, TCU can't hold a can't. I'm like, I know. It's what ridiculous. is Alabama's okay. defense showing us? Or, that team is one man team. That is right. like a two man team. I'll get to you will hear time. this because they will use this to try to keep Oregon out of the playoff because Oregon got beat 49 to three. They'll use it against TCU or a Big 12 to other. Whoever's playing the Big 12 championship, they couldn't hold a handle to Georgia because Georgia is impressive. But guess right. what? And maybe they would be a three touchdown favorite. That's why you play the games. Georgia was a 28-point favorite against Missouri, and Missouri had them on the ropes in the fourth quarter. They were like a 30-point favorite against Kent State. They were trailing at, you know, right. at halftime. 
Every team is beatable in college football, but if you put these teams on a pedestal and we treat them like they're untouchable, which drives me nuts because it does become the narrative, we do it with the top tier, right? We use that term tier. Ohio State, Bama, Georgia, we came in. Oh, no one can touch them. They're unbeatable. Let's just put them in the playoff. And then we actually see them get challenged and we're shocked. No, it's college football. Anybody can get beat on any day. I don't care if it's Georgia, Ohio State, Bama, Tennessee. Pick your team, Michigan, in the top five. Anybody can get beat. It's why we need more teams in the playoff. But if you have a monopoly on it and half the time you get 50% of the playoffs, which is what the SEC does oftentimes, then, yeah, you're going to rattle off all these national championships they keep referencing. Yeah, and it would be interesting this year because I I think you're right. I think one of those top four teams would probably get caught against somebody else. I I mean, you play four semifinal, four quarterfinal games, Yeah, those top four, I think somebody gets caught and kind of disrupts And you get a better final four like last year Michigan got exposed right I mean they 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 didn't look championship (laughs) ready and maybe if they play that game 10 times but maybe there's a team that just missed out who was fifth last year I think um Uh, it was and who was it ended up being number five last year but like even the five six seven or eight spot Maybe those teams are coming into their own and they might be a better matchup. Will you figure those things out? Ohio State was five, right? Ohio State, maybe five. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So then you like, but, and they might have been a better matchup against uh, Georgia. And maybe in a, maybe it would have been a rematch of a, you know, the Ohio State, Michigan in the earlier round. Then you kind of weed out some of the pretenders. And if you get a blowout, you blow out. Like, who cares? We see it in the NFL, it doesn't impact the greatness of the product and the atmosphere that's going to be out there. Yeah. I also think that the calendar being like, more condensed i mean I, the month the month between games is just yeah it's stupid it's it really actually hurts the game i think just because like the amount of game planning you get to do every single day it's not how actual football goes hey everyone quick word from the sponsors on today's show we are brought to you by sweat block and i know sweating is an uncomfortable topic for a lot of people but a lot of people suffer from excessive sweating like chris he had it for 10 years it got so bad that he began to put maxi pads in his shirt to soak up the sweat until he found Sweatblock. Sweatblock changed the game for him. You can do the same for you as well. Go to sweatblock.com today. Use the promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N. Locked on, and you guys can receive a 20% discount at sweatblock.com today. It's also available at Amazon. Guys and gals, Sweatblock wipes were created by a doctor and they're guaranteed to work or you don't pay. They call it the Sweatblock Dry Shirt Guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Risk-free today. Save 20% with promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com, also available at Amazon as well. Uh, All right, let's look at some of these spreads this week in the Big 12. I did a little digging before this, Danny, and I realized that um, well, Big 12 only has four games this week, but it's the only league where all of its games are one-score spreads. The ACC, your ACC, does have four games that are one-score spreads. Um, so shout out to them for having competitiveness. So here is the week nine Big 12 action. Oklahoma, mm-hmm. Iowa State, TCU, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Baylor, and Texas Tech. But my guy Jimmy Shapiro, our, our guy, sent us the sent me these these spreads last night, Danny. Mm-hmm. All of them have moved. All of these, <laughs> all of them are different numbers than what he sent us when it actually happened. So when you look at these right here, which game uh, catches your eye the most, and which spread catches your eye the most? 
they can be the same game. If that's so game. I think the TCU West Virginia is a very intriguing line because you're like, wait a second, TCU is the seventh best team in the country. West Virginia is all the way down at the bottom. You know, I think they're second to last in the Big 12 rankings. And you're like, that should be a bigger spread, right? TCU is supposed to be dominant. I'll tell you this, Josh, and this is more of a compliment to the depth of the league. I don't trust any team over a touchdown or even around six and a half. I think it's settled at six and a half now, whatever it is. Seven and a half, right when I checked this morning. Seven and a half. I love taking the Mountaineers. And they've been up and down. They've been hard to figure out. They had a really good win against Baylor. And you're like, all right, Neil Brown saved his job. They're going to be off to the races. And then they get blown out against Texas Tech. And he lost his job again. Yeah, exactly. And he might have. And now he can get it back this week. Exactly, which he can. But I think Morgantown at night will be a hostile environment. And I do think that I like uh, the Mountaineers to cover that one. And TCU, I think it's more about what is becoming the Big 12. And this happens in all of college football. But, man, it really feels like it's on display in the conference. Is it's a battle like the last man standing. You've got teams banged up, injuries, especially a quarterback. And we talk about another one of these games. But TCU has been through this gauntlet where they've, you know, and they've been impressive and they've passed all these tests. But if Kansas State didn't have quarterback issues last week, they probably lose that game. I think they come in a little bit wounded in this one, banged up. And I think, and, and maybe they win, but I don't think they win by more than a touchdown. So I like West Virginia and that one. Another one off the radar, I kind of like Oklahoma. I think, the, you know, the three game losing skid was tough, right? And Brent Venables, all the question marks around the program. But you got to look at what Dylan Gabriel means to that offense. And they were without him for a significant amount of time, and it showed on the field. But when he's healthy, I still think they have the talent and the offensive weapons to overwhelm Iowa State, who is one of the better defenses, if not the best defense in the conference. But ultimately, I think Oklahoma will go there a little bit more desperate, but I think they got back some of their mojo getting off the schneid last week against Kansas. So I think they win and cover the one-point spread. It's essentially a pick em. I think they'll win by a field goal or more uh, in that one. So, And then the other game with Kansas State, Oklahoma State, you talk about a battle of attrition. Like who is left yeah, standing here? Yeah. Right. This one to me, I would probably wait to play until it gets closer to game time to see what's the deal with Adrian Martinez. Only played one series last week. Then they went to Will Howard, who also got banged up down to their third quarterback. If Adrian Martinez, now you might, this is a risk you run if you wait. If Adrian Martinez is cleared and all of a sudden you find out, oh, he's going to play, then I like Kansas State a lot in this position. And it's not a knock against Oklahoma State because that was one of the more impressive wins of the weekend last year, uh, last week when they came from behind against Texas. And they're a very veteran team, but they're also a team which has been getting banged up with injuries all across the board. I mean, Spencer Sanders, was he going to play last week or not? He actually ended up playing. He played great in that game. But I think it's just sort of the 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 gauntlet that you have to run. It's funny because we only use that term about some other conferences, about how tough yeah, it right. is. But it is a gauntlet that Oklahoma State has been through, and they only failed one of those tests on the road at TCU, which was a tough game for them. But it started with Baylor, Texas Tech, on the road at TCU, big win last week against Texas. Now they got to go on the road. If Kansas State, if Adrian Martinez is healthy, I think that brings some big problems. Uh, for the Cowboys. So I'd take Kansas State and lay those points. Yeah, I think the word is Thursday. So tomorrow is when we're going to hear they're going to have him go. And you know, he's just not practicing right now. So we'll see. But I mean, as long Sanders- as it's under a field goal, like again, I don't trust many teams in the Big 12, like with more than <laughs> like if it's over six, I'm taking the dog every time. Right. And I would expect it might probably go up two and a half, three points. As long as it's under a field goal, I like Kansas State. 
Danny, I took I took West Virginia last week plus four and a half, and I mean, and, and there were Texas Tech fans who were asking for apologies. They were like, "You should apologize for what yeah. you said." Um, I, I want to ask you though quickly about about the TCU aspect of this because I, I think a lot of people I've been talking about are they dirty or you know is it, they got a problem with injuring quarterbacks? When I watch them play, like every team they're playing is getting injured. You go back to the Kansas game; teams guys are going down left and right. Mm-hmm. and they're a big physical team. I actually, I was staying at a hotel in Kansas City for a wedding right when they were coming in for the KU game. I was like, oh, my God, these guys, it's like a, it looks like a basketball team that they got walking in there. As somebody who played, like, are there teams like this that just can – I mean, I guess kind of the older Alabama teams we were mentioning too. Right. They're just kind of kicking everybody's ass, and people talk about Kaz Kazadi, their strength and conditioning coach. People are just sending me pictures of him on Twitter, just his, his, his shot from the team website being like, this is why, this is why, this is why. I mean – they're kind of just leaving a trail of bodies in their path. And like, they're not really banged up. Can I talk about teams like that? And like the, I guess, dirty stigma around those teams. Right. Um, I, I think especially in today's game, you see teams that probably play a little bit harder than some, and maybe that comes from the coaches, from the defensive coordinators. And I don't, it's, I don't think it's dirty. Although I do think they hit on Dylan Gabriel. That was bad. Jamoy, yeah, that, that was dirty. Was, yeah, yeah. That was dirty as it gets. And I thought that was unwarranted. And I, I actually think in some of those, I hate targeting. I hate that it's the ultimate penalty as you get tossed from a game. Right. And I actually think college football has done a good job of reviewing them and taking them off if it's not truly targeting. But I also think on the other side, if you see hits like that one that are dirty and do look, there is an intent to harm or injure, I would have no problem if there was a multiple game suspension, I agree. like two games. I if agree. you really want to worry about player safety, let's try to eliminate those. But back to your question. I do think some teams are probably taught and are more scared from their coaches. We really don't want to lose you. We really don't want that roughing the passer penalty or you losing you for a game and getting tossed out for the targeting call. And there are other teams who are willing to take that risk and say, you know what? If we get the penalty, so be it. We want to play physical. And I don't know. I don't, I haven't talked to anybody on TCU staff. I don't know if that's the case. Maybe it is, but I think inevitably you would see that across the country that some teams play a little bit harder you know, toe that line a little bit closer and are willing to take that risk. And there's other, it's just kind of the breaks of college football and the breaks of concussions where we get those players off the field. The minute we see a sign, the minute we see a symptom, the minute we see a player shake his head, he's out of the field, he's off the field for the rest of the game. And, you know, if you are playing that way and you're getting away with some of them, then you go ahead and and you you take advantage of it. Maybe that's part of it too. Other could just be bad luck for the teams that TCU is playing. Yeah, I, I think a little combination, yeah. little combination of both. But I'm with you on that on that hit. That it should have been a, a multiple game suspension for, for sure on that one. Yeah. Uh, all right, Danny, I'll get you out of here. Where can people find you and all of the work that you do? <laughs> I talk all the time. It's hard <laughs> not to hear me on Sirius XM uh, seven to nine with Dusty Dvorak on uh, ESPNU Radio, and then in the afternoons, noon to three, we do everything: NFL, NBA, all sports. If you like that on Mad Dog Sports Radio, and then on the Cover 3 podcast as well with CBS Sports HQ. Are, are you going to be talking about Suns Warriors today? On Yeah. yeah. Really? Okay. We're getting into it with Clay. Yeah. We talk about everything. I don't, that's all I do is just pretty much watch sports and talk about them. It's <laughs> crazy. Go. That's awesome. <laughs> all right, Danny. Appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much. You got it, Josh.